turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Amen. Hallelujah. How about somebody shake somebody's hand and says, glad to see you this morning. Shake somebody's hand. I don't want y'all to be... I want y'all to be comfortable with one another. This is going to be comfortable. I'm glad to see all of you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse number 26. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. If the Lord tarries to return, Bibles are going to become sacred. I'm going to have a Bible and people are going to be like, where did you ever get that? Uh, yeah. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. You ready for the reading of the Word of God? I want you to follow along with me. I purposely, um, I'm going to read this to you. In the NIV version. Yes. This is so good that I want you to get clear understanding. The King James Version sometimes can get some get you a little off track. And I am I so want to serve you properly this morning <laughs> that I want to make sure you understand what's going on. So I decide to read from a different translation this morning so it's more plain, okay? And so that's what I would like to do for you this morning. So while you're looking on that screen, I don't know if she can get the NIV version, but I have the NIV version just for this particular text. This church, no, I never, never go into any other version. But this is just tremendous, tremendous understanding and knowledge that I wanted you to get and not miss. So here we go. Acts chapter 8. Verse 26, I'm going to read from 26 through 40. The word of the Lord reads as such. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard, somebody say heard, the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, I he said, unless someone explain it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. 
Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Question mark. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch came down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Hmm. It's a whole lot of stuff going on there. And so, today I want to talk to you on this topic, the mysterious ways of God. But for the occasion, I will just make it plain and say, the teacher and the student. The teacher and the student. It's mysterious how God worked that thing out. So that's why it's the mysterious ways of God. But when you dig into this, you'll see it was a lesson about a teacher and a student. Jesus, you're all powerful. You're sovereign. Who is like unto thee, O God? For there is none that can contend with you. You are the true and living God. For all other gods that are named, they are idols. You are the only wise God. You are the only true and living God. And this morning we've come, Lord Jesus, to say, Father, speak to us and pour out your Spirit upon us and set the captives free, Lord God, and open blind eyes and heal the sick, Lord God. I pray this morning in the name of Jesus uh, that you have your way and that you reign righteous reign uh, upon this congregation of people. Let no individual leave this place the same way uh, they came in, but I pray that every person will leave differently, empowered by the Spirit of God, impacted by the Word of God, and delivered, oh God, from the strong man in their life. I bind the strong man in the life of every person in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, God, have your way and let your will be done. We loosen this place, faith. We loosen this place, the power of God. We loosen this place, the glory of the Lord. We loose in this place. Uh, the love of God. Uh, oh, Father, have your way, oh God. Uh, we thank you and praise you. And all of this we ask you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody say amen? amen? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Again, I would like to welcome all of you to our Educators Appreciation Day. And especially welcome all of those who labor tirelessly in the area of education from our professors, principals, teachers, advisors, guidance counselors, classroom assistants, and aides. We welcome you. I would like to let you know that you are just wonderful and special people. Uh, I was talking to 
I believe it was Mrs. Smith I was talking to on the telephone, and she called to say, hey, we'll be there. And I was telling her, I said, you know, it takes a special person to get involved with education because if, if you never make it to the level of professor, uh, they, they, don't, they don't pay you what you're worth. And even probably at the level of being a professor, you're still not being paid what you're worth because you are the ones that shape our society educationally. We never stop to think, all of us who went to school and what we learned, how did we learn that? How did we get our in, intelligence and how did we understand things that when we started out we could not understand? And so we salute you again, teachers. We, we salute what you're doing, educators. Thank you so very much for giving of yourself and allowing God to work through you to be a blessing to so many others. I don't know if you ever stopped to count how many lives you've impacted. You will really never be able to count because even the ones you have impacted, what have they gone on to do? And if you've impacted some individual and they decided because of you they wanted to be a teacher and now they go on to start teaching, now they're impacting lives you had a hand in that and so it's just a special thing to uh to be a teacher so we we salute you and we appreciate you being here this morning the book of hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge ignorance is not good ignorance is not good and when we lack knowledge it causes turmoil among our society as we read in the text in Acts chapter 8 verse 26 and we start reading there, one of the thoughts that stuck out to me a whole lot was the angel of the Lord talking to Philip. The angel of the Lord talking to Philip. I want you to know that was not a great phenomenon that the angel of the Lord spoke to the man and says, here is what you want me to do. Here is what I want you to do. And many times we, 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 we don't realize that God is working in the midst and God is trying to get our attention. Somebody said God is speaking to us all the time, but are we listening? And so the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and, and, and told Philip what to do. And so we, we have occurrences in the Bible where the, the angel of the Lord spoke to Hagar in Genesis 16 and 9. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Abraham in Genesis 22. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 and the, the angel of the Lord spoke to Balaam in Numbers 22 and 22 and the angel of the Lord spoke to Gideon and he spoke to Samson's parents and he spoke to Elijah and Zechariah and the shepherds and spoke to Peter while he was in jail and so there is nothing strange about the angel of the Lord speaking to an individual I will stretch a little bit and tell you this in case you don't know you are listening to an angel of the Lord right now. Not because I'm an angel with halo. But the Bible says to the angel of the house of whatever house the Bible would name. The pastor that God has sent to pastor the church is the angel of that house. Because here is what the pastor is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be hearing from the Lord to deliver God's word to you. And if angels deliver words, then what am I doing this morning? Hmm. So, 
You're hearing from the Lord this morning. This is not something I made up, but it's the word of the Lord. And so I want you to hear this morning. When you walk out of here, you will not be able to say, I never heard from God. You might say that was a man talking, but can I tell you something right now? How many people was able to be saved without hearing from a human being? You find me somebody that we know or that we read of in the Bible that did not hear from a man of God or a woman of God for them to get the word of God. It wasn't too many of those. Maybe Abraham. That's probably about it. Adam. Not too many people didn't hear from a person in order to receive what God had for them. The instance we just read of this eunuch and Philip really stood out. The teacher and the student really stood out in scripture because you have someone here that's saying, I need understanding. And you have someone that's saying, I'm willing to help you with that understanding. Philip, without one single question, when, when, when the angel of the Lord says, go and told Philip what to do, Philip never asked one question. Why? We live in what they call the why generation. They like to ask why, why? Uh, can I tell you, because God is all-knowing. And, and even if he explained to you sometimes, you may not really understand why. And so sometimes uh, when God speaks to us, we just need to say, okay, and just go and do. Because many times my young children may ask me questions, Dad, why this? And I say, when you get a little older, oh, somebody help me now. When you get a little older, I will explain it to you. But if I explain it to you right now, you would not understand. And so I said, no, I'll tell you a little later. Well, many times we're saying, God, why? God, how? And if God could speak out to you today, he will say, because if I explain it to you, you wouldn't understand. I've got this great big plan for every person that walk in this earth. I've got a great big plan for your life. I've got a great big plan for planet earth. And so you don't understand my designing and my ways, but I have it all together. And I I will show it to you in a little bit. Just give me some time and just listen to me and just obey me. Give me some time and I will show it to you in a little bit. That, that's, that's, that, that's what Philip understood. So when the angel of the Lord told Philip, go down to Gaza. Go and, and go down in the desert. And Philip, no questions asked. He just went. Philip encounter with this eunuch change his eternal life. Our educators here today will change our earthly life. Come on somebody, work with me this morning. We need our teachers. We need our educators. We can't operate without them. We will be an ignorant society if we're not being educated. And we, we won't be able to accomplish things if we're not educated. But the education we receive will only be good for as long as we're walking this earth. But when we leave this earth, that education will mean zero. But I'm here to tell you this morning, what I'm teaching you here, it will last you on this earth and it will go beyond your time on this earth. You see, there's a life after you leave this earth. And I'm telling you, we need to plan for it. We got to plan for that life when we leave here. 
Let me just clarify this real quick in case you hear. Listen, if you don't believe there's a life after we leave here, it's okay. But here is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to not be prepared if somehow you're surprised that there's a life after here. <laughs> you see, if, if, if you don't prepare for the life after, that may not even be. If it's a surprise to you that there was a life or there is a life after, you won't be able to prepare for it once it's introduced to you. And so, here is what I say all the time. It's best to live on earth preparing for the life after I leave here than to just live like there is no afterlife. And when I die, I find out, oh, snap, there was an afterlife. I'm telling you, it's safe to say, let me live for God. Let me stand for God. Because what bad thing can anybody say about you if you just live for God? How do you look bad living for God? What, 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 what's wrong with living for God? I can't do a certain kind of thing. Listen, you remember, church knows this because I say this all the time. When God put Adam in the garden, God said to Adam, you can eat of every tree in the garden except for one. Now I like to mess around and say, oh, I could have been a million trees in the garden. 999,000 trees you can eat from. But that one over there, just leave that alone. The devil came by and said this to Adam. God says you can't eat of all the trees. You see how, you can't mess with the devil. He's slippery. And he said, God said you can't eat of all those trees. Is that true? Yes. But if he would have just slowed down and says, yeah, but only one. That's all he had to say. Yeah, but that's only one tree that God said I can't eat. All the rest of them I can eat. Get out of here, devil. But the devil know how to spin things. And so why am I telling you that? He's still doing that today. And you're telling yourself, I can't give my life to God just yet. I can't start going to church faithfully just yet because there's so many things I would have to stop doing in my life that, man, I don't want to stop doing that right now. I don't think it's necessary to stop doing that. And so you don't go to church and you don't give your life to God because you are worried about what you got to give up. But I'm here to tell you this morning, stop worrying about what you got to give up and start worrying about the things you will gain. Don't worry about what you will lose, but worry about what you will gain. Because what you will gain is far greater than what you will lose. If you don't live for God, worry about what you will gain. Come on, somebody, give the Lord some praise. Let the Spirit of the Lord flow and do what He wants to do. Don't, don't stop the Spirit of God from speaking to you. This is a this is a this is a this is like the church in the Bible. Let me say it like that. This is where you where you are right now. Yes, we're in the firehouse. I'm glad about it because God is good to us. He sent us here, and we're in the heart of Hamilton, and we are having the most powerful move of God right here in the firehouse. So I'm not worried about where we are, but what I will tell you is this is a gathering of people that is doing exactly what the Bible says. 
just what the you want to know what the Bible says? When you get a chance today, when you when you get done, when you leave here today, tonight, after the games, tomorrow, whenever, pull your Bible out and start reading the book of Acts. That's the beginning of the church. Jesus established the church when he walked this earth. And so the church was established in the book of Acts. So what I'm telling you is, if you read the book of Acts and the church that you may be affiliated is not operating like that, then you need to say, why this church is not like this church I'm reading in the Bible. If we're supposed to be doing what the Bible says, why my church not doing what the Bible says? Uh, in this church we believe that if you're sick we'll lay hands on you and you will be healed uh, in this church we believe that there's only one God and the one God manifests himself in flesh and his name is Jesus go read the Bible though don't, just don't take my word for it read the Bible and you'll see that we are a Bible church so he didn't he just, he just went and did what the Lord asked him to do ministered to him. We thank God for men of God and women of God that when God speak to them, they just say, yeah, and just, they just go and do it. When God woke me up and says, go to the firehouse and speak to the chief and tell the chief you want to start up a Bible study and then eventually do a church. I said, oh, my Lord. And when I walk into this fire station, the doors, the hood, the, the, the shutters were up and I walked. I said, where's the chief? I walked like I knew what, what I was talking about. All I knew, I was just, just trusting God. Where's the chief? They said, oh, chief in this office. And I went to chief and I told chief, I said, chief, I would like to do a Bible study in this fire station. And eventually the Bible study will turn into a church. What do you think about that, chief? He said, well, well what days you need, reverend? I said, chief, right now I want to start on a Thursday and then eventually we'll do um, uh, church on a, on a Sunday. Chief said, you know, I think I have a group that is here on Thursday. So in my mind, I said, yep, Lord, sorry. Because God was telling me something that real deep down, I'm like, ah, this is a whole lot, God. And so when the chief said he had a group that was coming here, meeting here on Thursday, I said, okay, Lord, maybe I'm, I was mistaken that you spoke. Uh, maybe I made a mistake. So I was ready to say, okay, no problem, chief. I was just checking. Chief said, hold on. I said, oh, Lord. He dialed up the head of the group. Um, I know you guys meet on Thursday. Do you mind switching that day to maybe Monday or something? Oh, no problem. Oh, he said, Reverend, I just fixed it for you. You got Thursday. I said, oh, Lord. The point is, God spoke and I just went and did what he told me to do. And sometimes you're not sure if it's really God. And so I'm like, eh, is that really you? And so when the chief says, well, I said, ooh, maybe I'm out of this. Maybe that was just my thinking. But God always proved himself to be true. And Philip listened to what the angel of the Lord said, so he went. Can I tell you this? The, the, the eunuch was reading in the Bible. Uh, and I'll explain the passage that he was reading. I will explain it to you. But he was reading in the Bible. And what I want to tell you is, this eunuch was sincere about God. Listen to me carefully. When you're sincere about God, it will reflect in your behavior. I didn't say when you are right about God. Listen to me carefully. I'm saying a whole lot without saying everything because I don't want to keep you here all day. But here is what I'm saying. When you're sincere about God, it will reflect in the way you live your life. It don't mean you're going to be totally right about God. It means you're just sincere about God. And when you're sincere about God, God will see to it that you will get truth instructed further 
for you. So if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I, I, I really believe in God and, and there's some things I know I might still need to learn, then you're in the right place. God wants to instruct you further in what you've already known about the Word of God. So you need to trust Him today. You need to trust that what I will tell you today will be just what you needed. That's why God have you here today. You have some need of God. And God is going to help you with that today. And so he was sincere because look what he did. He traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. Ethiopia is in Africa. Jerusalem is far up. And he traveled to Jerusalem to worship. And so on his way leaving Jerusalem to go back home to Ethiopia, that's when he was reading a passage of scripture. I don't know if uh, who introduced him to the word of God, how did that all went. I just know that he was sincere about God. And because of his sincerity, there was some action behind his sincerity. What, whatever was going on in his heart, he was searching, he was seeking. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're sincere about God, you will search and you will seek. And guess what? You have done that. That's why you're here today. But don't let anything stop you from God. Going and taking the next step because you're here because there's something going on in your life that makes you say, I want to go. Let me hear what's going on. I don't know everything about it. Let me see if this preacher is real. Let me see if he's telling the truth. Let me see what he's all about. If he's about money. Let me see what's up with him. But I need to know something about God. So let me go and check it out. Uh-huh. So you have checked it out. I can't tell you enough. I've been saying this for a little bit. I've been saying this for a little bit. And I'm not trying to be offensive because I think that this is correct. This, this kind of church, Bible church, the stuff you read about, this is Ivy League church. I can't stop saying it. I don't know why God had me saying this. Because I think it's the best way to differentiate churches. We, there's a lot of churches. And what I'm here to tell you, this is an Ivy League church. And churches like this are Ivy League churches. And if you're a professor or you, you're a teacher, so you know, there's no higher uh, learning institution than the Ivy Leagues. If, if you're, that, that's where you are. That's the highest form of learning institution. So if you're in this church, you are in an Ivy League institution in a spiritual sense. And so I want you to know that you, you you can leave here today and go try something else, but if it's not like the Bible say, like what well, where we where we are today, it will be like a state college, or it will be like a little small college. You still will learn there, but in order to get the complete knowledge of the Word of God and what God wants to say to you, He's going to send you to an Ivy League. God loves you too much to let you just stay in a state college. God loves you too much to let you stay in just this little private college. God's children have to have the very best. And the very best is a full ride to Yale. It's a full ride to Princeton. It's a full ride to Harvard. It's a full ride to Penn. God wants to give you a full ride to Dartmouth. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we can't waste our time. We have to take advantage of what God is trying to do for us. People seeing the weather and they say, what's going on? Let me tell you something. Don't get all crazy about the weather. I know there are some people that think that the weather is God. God is not doing this. 
We like to say God is doing stuff. How do you know God is doing it? Here is what I know about God. He will either allow things or stop things. He don't do things just, just to be doing stuff. The weather is the weather. And the weather going to do what the weather going to do. We had an eclipse this year. What well, they said, that was a lifetime eclipse. So the weather's going to do what the weather's going to do. God can either intervene or just let it do what it's going to do. But here is what I want you to know. The natural will always give you an indication of what's happening in the spiritual. And because all of us want to live our life according to what we can see, then sometimes we miss the mark of what we need to do. But if you will tap into the spiritual and tap into the word of God, then you will understand. Here's what I want you to know about the weather. It is, it is, it is the, in the spiritual world, the, 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 the prince of darkness and the evilness that's, that's in darkness is fighting and fussing because the tension is growing between what God will eventually get done in the earth and they're trying to work against it and so when there is a storm or there's a hurricane or, or whatever it is there's always tenseness there's always what we like to call a clashing of two forces and so what you're seeing is we're experiencing these things because there's something happening in the spiritual realm. There's movement in the spiritual realm. It means God is up to something and Satan knows God is up to something and he's trying his best to stop you from receiving what God has for you. So that's really what this is about. If you want to understand a little bit, all it is is God is trying to get through to you. God is trying to to connect with you. God is trying to get his voice into your ear and all you got to do is say okay God let me hear what you're saying and that's what is happening in the spiritual and taking take your, your focus off the natural I can't do it I can't oh, oh. Let me tell you how bad God is. This is how bad God is. We have the most arrogant, opposing, rude president that we've ever had. There's no doubt about it. But can I tell you this? God is allowing that to help the church. And nobody wants to talk about that because we're so caught up in the president being this and the president being that. But at the end of the day, God uses what you are or who you are to benefit his plan. I'm not telling you the guy is not arrogant. I'm not telling, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm saying God is saying, you know, let them, let, let that go ahead and happen. Because when that go ahead and happen, it's going to just benefit my plan even more. And I'm telling you this, as crazy and as arrogant as he is, he, that attitude, God is using that attitude to combat everything. He's just a combatter. I'm not doing that. But here is something that we don't realize. I'm not passing this law against the church. I'm not doing this for that. And so only a crazy fool like the president we have, forgive me for calling him crazy fool, don't let everybody hear that, but only a crazy person like our president will push back on some of the things that's been pushed back to benefit the church. 
I'm not telling you. Don't go in and tell people that I'm, 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 I'm telling you all, you know, this guy's a good guy. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm trying to point out to you is how God works. He don't just get up and do things to mess with you. That's not what he does. He knows everything that will happen, and he determines if he wants to allow something to happen or not happen. And so with this crazy um, situation we had with the, how the election went and everything, uh, God just said, uh, let me let that crazy stuff go on because it's going to work for my good. I don't know if you understand, uh, but a lot of the stuff that was pushing forward for a minute there, it has slowed down, and now everybody is focusing on Trump. And the will of God is being done. And y'all even don't realize this. I'm telling you, I can sense it in the spirit. I sense it in the spirit that all while we're, whatever we're thinking about, we are being distracted. That's why I'm trying to help you to get focused. Don't be distracted. Forget about the president. Forget about the hurricanes. Forget about the storm. Those are only distractions because the devil knows there's only but a little time left for the church. And so he knows that God is moving powerfully to reach everybody and to save everybody. And the devil Never want you to be distracted worrying about this and worrying about that so when the time come you will miss out on what God has for you but I'm here to tell you this morning don't you miss out on what God has for you don't you worry about what the world is worrying about if you're a child of God the Bible says if God is for me who can be against me it doesn't matter who is in the White House it doesn't matter who the mayor is it doesn't matter who the governor is if God is for you who can be against you if God is is for you. Who can take anything from you? Don't even worry about it. I vote. I do my thing in the community. But I don't worry about who's in charge. Because I know who's in charge. God is large and in charge. And can't nothing stop God's will from being done. And so no matter what we come up with, no matter what we start thinking, does this mean the end time is coming with all these hurricanes? I have no idea. But the idea that I have and know is God is trying to communicate to us. And the devil is trying to stop it. My brother brought up the scripture the other day about, you know, the, the, the people of God, Daniel, praying and asking God for some things and says that the, the angel of the enemy, the, the prince of darkness, try to prevent that prayer from being answered. So all I'm telling you is God is working and the devil is trying to stop you from seeing what God is doing. Take your eyes off the, the politics. Take your eyes off the hurricane. We're going to pray and keep praying. I told him yesterday when we had prayer meeting, I said, we just speak to Irma and tell Irma by the time you hit landfall, I want you to go down to zero whatever they call that thing. And you're not going to do no damage. I called my family. I called my mom this morning. I said, what's going on? I didn't sleep last night. I talked to my dad. My dad said, oh, please. I slept like a baby. <laughs> my mom's so worried about everything. And I called since the end is down in Fort Lauderdale. What's going on? We drinking some porridge and we all right. <laughs> So we just going to let God be God. He's going to take care of his people. We can't be distracted. God is going to take care. I'm almost done. When you're sincere, God will take care of you. He will send you a man. He will send you a woman to speak to you. There are many people who are sincere and dedicated to God who needs more teaching. They need more understanding of the word of God. And eventually God will send them a teacher. Mm, I'm, I'm getting there now. Take a look at the efforts of this eunuch. You can't get away from effort. And teachers, you know all of this, teachers. Think back to your students. 
that were rowdy. Your students that were troublemakers. Your students that was arrogant. Think back what kind of grades they were earning. Then you think about your student that came in, paid attention, put the effort in, respectful, submissive. Think about their grades. Well, if it work in the natural, we think God is calling us to in the spiritual. And so right now, if you stop and say, okay, how am I doing in being a student in the word of God? Come on, that's what I'm asking you this morning. How are you doing? Are you sitting under a teacher and says, teacher, I need to learn. Because I'm trying to understand, but I really don't understand. Teacher, I need to learn. That's how we have to have the attitude we have to have concerning the things of God. Remember, the education we get in this world will last us a lifetime in this world. But what about the world that we will enter in once we leave this world? Are you getting education for that world? So if we will be good students, God will make sure you get instruction, teaching to be able to be prepared for the world to come. And so I get prepared for landing. What do you say? When you say prepare for landing, I'm almost there. In Acts chapter 8, verse 30, the scripture says, And Philip ran down, ran thither to the man, to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understanding what thou readest? Can I tell you this real quick? Listen to me. It is important that when you're in your quiet time, if you're by yourself, read the Bible aloud. I'm just, I just gave you a good tip. That's what, that's what the eunuch was doing. He was on his chariot. How do you think Philip heard him? The Bible said Philip heard him. He could have been reading in his mind if Philip heard him. So he was reading aloud. And so as he read aloud, Philip says, okay, that's what he's reading. All right, I know what he's reading. It will encourage you. It will build faith in you. It will build hope in you when you sit by yourself, when it's just you, nobody around, and you read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by Him, and without Him there was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And then he jumped down to verse 12 and he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelleth among men and we beheld the glory the glory of the holy begotten of the son full of grace and truth read that loud in your house all of that evil stuff sometimes that try to follow behind you when you go in a house when you read that loud it can't stand it it got to back up out of your house. Peace will come into your house when you begin to read the word of God aloud. This eunuch was reading the word of God aloud. And as he read the word of God aloud, Philip, the instructor, was able to hear him and says, Oh, do you understand what you're reading? Hmm. He said, the eunuch says, How can I accept some man guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. Listen, this eunuch was a general, and he acknowledged that he needed teaching. He was a big-timer. He was the one that kept all the money. He was the assistant to the Queen Candace. And so when, when, when you look at him, he was a, what we would call a big-time guy. And he said, no, I don't really understand what I'm reading. If somebody will help me, that would be great. W- will you help me? 
How many of us are going to say that today? Will you help me? How many of us want to know the word of God? Will you help me? Can I tell you this? When the church started, they went from house to house. I teach home Bible study from house to house. I don't even know if you understand it, but I just got to say it to you real quick, just so you understand how much I believe in doing the work of God. And so if you would like for me to come to your home for 45 minutes a week, a week, I didn't say a day, 45 minutes a week, right? If you allow me to come to your home for 45 minutes and all the family be there, I will come and teach you the word of God. I don't want no money. You don't have to come to this church. I'm just there to teach you the word of God. So if you ever desire that, I will come to your house whatever day you you and I can work out together. And I will take my time to teach you or your family the word of God. I don't want your money. You don't have to come to this church. That was just a commercial break. And so the general... The, the, the eunuch said, I can't. I, 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 I won't understand. I don't understand. I need somebody to help me. And the thing that I saw that was so important is that in order for there to be learning, the student has to be willing and the teacher has to be willing. There will be no learning if both parties are not willing. If the teacher is willing but the student is not, there is no learning. If the student is willing, but the teacher is not, and vice versa. It will take both people saying, I want to learn, and the other one saying, I want to teach. And so if you will say to me, I want to learn, I'm telling you, I want to teach. It is the will of God. God is coming back soon for his people, his church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And I want to do everything I can to help everybody I can because I said I love God. And because I love God and he is my father and you all are his children, you all are my brothers and sisters. I wouldn't let my natural brother go to hell if I can help it. I wouldn't let my natural sister go to hell if I can help it. Why would I let my spiritual brothers or spiritual sisters Go to hell if I can help it. I'm here to teach. I'm here to preach. I'm here to give up myself if you will be a student and learn. Oh, Jesus, help us today. The eunuch submitted himself to the teacher. And if you're going to be one that will learn the word of God, you're going to have to submit yourself to a teacher. There is no way you're going to be trying to learn and just just, just nobody to help you and you're going to make it. God won't leave you out there by yourself. He's going to give you a teacher. And this morning he brought you here to say, there's a teacher. You can learn from that person. There's a person that will teach you my word. I brought you to a place to give you knowledge that you may learn. And so here is where I'm finishing up. With all that going on, Philip heard him. And then Philip heard where he was reading. And Philip said, okay. Once that eunuch brought him up into the chariot, he says, all right, I'm about to teach. And the Bible says, Philip started where he was reading and began to preach Jesus. You're telling me in all the Bible, that's what Philip preached? Why didn't Philip preach about the beginning in Genesis? Why didn't Philip preach about the flood, Noah? Why didn't Philip preach about the return of Jesus? Why did Philip, of all the subjects he can choose in the Bible, why did Philip chose Jesus? Huh. Well, 
Here's what Philip knew. And here's what I know. The most most important subject in the Bible is Jesus. You heard me quote the scripture. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God and his word is the same thing. You can't separate the two. Now, here's what you got to know. In in John chapter one, verse 12, the word of God says, let me walk through it slow again with you. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God is the spirit. Can't see can't see spirit. But the Bible says the word of God was word and spirit. Because that's what it's really saying. God is spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the word of God is God and God is his word. But in verse 12, the Bible says, and the word became flesh. Now tell me how that's possible for a second. For word to become flesh. Jesus Christ coming to this earth is the word of God made flesh. So when Jesus started walking this earth, what you were getting was the word of God walking in the earth. The word of God, God in flesh, God who was unseen, invisible, that became seen invisible. So when you talk about this word It is God manifest. It's God saying, look at me. Maybe you couldn't understand in the spirit. So let me come into the natural to teach you. Let me come into the natural to reveal to you who I really am. That word became flesh. So everything about Christianity, everything. You want me to tell you real quick? I shouldn't be doing all this, but I just sometimes just when the spirit of God just moved me, I say something. You want me to tell you the difference between Christianity and every other religion? Christianity was started by God, Almighty God, who became man, who was Jesus. Every other religion was started by a person. I am not going to follow no religion that was started by a fallible man or woman like myself, because if I was that good, I can go start something too. We all could have started something if that's the case. So I'm not following no religion that some man started or some some lady started or or some some heresy was told. No, 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 no. I'm following the religion where the almighty God who created from the beginning says, let me, let me. I'm the one that's the spearheader and this beginner of everything. He started this thing and he confused this one religion because this one religion they have their God and their prophet separate I ain't going to call them names I'm being nice this morning and so they they, 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 call, they, they have their prophet and they have their God and I remember one time I said to somebody you know about this I said to somebody why is it that you talk more about the prophet than you talk about the God of your religion and you're like I never thought about that I said you know why because the Jesus that we talk about in our religion he is that God he's not just a prophet separate from God he is that God but he became a man and that's what nobody no other religion can duplicate this is why preaching Jesus was so powerful yes Yes. And so he started preaching about Jesus so the guy would understand the importance of Jesus. Yes, the guy was reading about Jesus, but he didn't know he was reading about Jesus because in the Old Testament, you never read anything in the Old Testament that said the word Jesus. Go look it up. 
I'm a Bible believer. I stay in the book. There is no word about Jesus in the Old Testament. Were there prophecy about the Messiah that would come? Yes. Was there prophecy about Jesus? Yes. But you didn't see the name Jesus until the fullness of time was come. And so he started preaching to him about Jesus. Philip knew what was the most important thing. And for all of us here today, we cannot be saved without Jesus. One of the reasons why we have not really embraced Christianity is because we don't know who Jesus is. We have an idea, but we didn't know who he is. And if almighty God who cannot be seen can become a man, what can't he do? If almighty God became a man and allow the people of this earth to crucify him. And then when they buried him, the third day he rose up and then eventually ascended to heaven and sat back on his throne. If he can do that, what can't he do? If almighty God was in the bottom of the ship just sleeping while the winds and the hurricane was going on, the storm. And when he came up, he just says, wind cease, water gets, just calm down. If he can do all of that, what can't he do? Somebody tell me this morning, what can't God do? And if that God that we read about can't do, can do everything, why would not want to follow him? We don't mind hanging with people that got money. We don't mind hanging with celebrity. But I got to tell you, my Jesus, he got more money than any celebrity. My Jesus got more fame than any celebrity. He just don't walk around bragging about it. But my Jesus got more fame, more celebrity, more money, and more power than anybody you know. So I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to talk with him. And he's going to be my friend. And that's who I'm going to tell people about. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about telling people about, yeah, LeBron James. I like LeBron, it's all good, but that's not who I'm bragging on. I'm bragging on Jesus. And so, he preached to him about Jesus. Now listen to this about Jesus. I'm, five more minutes, and I'm out of here. Listen to this about Jesus. Isaiah 53, verse 3. Different version again. I want you to get it nice and clear. This is what Jesus is all about. This was a prophecy that Isaiah was prophesying. Isaiah probably didn't even know what he was saying. But when the Spirit of God move on a man or woman, you begin to speak what the Spirit of God tell you to speak and not what you want to speak. And so Isaiah began to speak under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And this is what he said in Isaiah 53 verse 3. We despised him talking about Jesus, and rejected him, a man of sorrow, acquainted with bitterness, grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our grief, our grief he bore, our sorrows that he weighed, that weighed him down and we and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins but he was wounded and bruised for our sins not his because he never sinned he was beaten that we might have peace he was lashed 39 times that we would be healed we every one of us have strayed away like sheep we left God's path to follow our own Yet God laid down his own life and he never did a wrong thing. That's what Philip preached to the eunuch. That this Jesus is God manifest. 
And when he came to save us because he was the Messiah that was prophesied. And when he came to save us, we treated him terribly. Act like he was some, get out of here. He was despised. He was mocked, spit upon. He was treated terribly when all he did was come to this world to say, my children, I must save because they're gone astray. My children, I need to rescue because they're gone astray. And that's all he came to do. And we treated him terribly. We started saying, oh man, he ain't no um, prophet. you, You read the scripture, how they treated him. And that's how they treated Jesus who came to save us. That's what he preached to Philip. That's what Philip preached to the eunuch. And when Philip preached that to the eunuch, the eunuch responded. My question to you is, now that you know who Jesus is, I've told you that this morning. Now that you know what Jesus has done for you, I've told you that this morning. Now that you know how Jesus feels about you, I've told you that this morning. This general, this dude that was, that was over the treasury, this dude, this dude decided Oh man, I gotta respond to that. I gotta do something. I didn't know that's who Jesus was. I gotta do something. And so, that's where we read in the Bible where it says, as they traveled along, after he heard about Jesus, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Don't get quiet on me now. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Dude was riding on a chariot. You know what a cha- chariot was like a like compared now it's like a Bentley now. Who who would he have a Bentley? That's what this dude was traveling on like a Bentley. And you yo driver stop the Bentley. I see some water over there. And he gave orders to stop the Bentley. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water and Philip baptized him. Hmm. Think about this. This is Jesus just gave me this now. You know, that's how I roll. Jesus just, when he ready, he drop in whatever he want to drop in. If I ask today, how many people have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin and Will you like to be baptized today? You know what the first thing you're going to say to me? God just called you out. I don't want to get my clothes wet. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost just told me. I'm just telling you I heard from God just now. You're saying in your mind, I don't want to get my clothes wet. And God wants you to know the eunuch didn't say anything about getting his clothes wet. You think that he went and changed? Did we read anything about he went and changed? Did we hear anything about he had towel? All we read that dude say, stop the chariot, water. You told me about Jesus. And I'm going to go get baptized right now. I don't care about my clothes getting wet. But I have good news for you. I got towels and I got robes in my car. That's how I travel. (laughs) I'm going to tell you how I do it. Because I just try my best to be the best servant for God I can be. I would hate for somebody to say, I'm going to get baptized. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I just can't do that. I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to not do what God wants me to do. So I said this morning, let me make sure I have my towels and my robes. And so today you can get baptized like the unit got baptized and never even get wet. You can go home dry. Yeah. 
So I'm offering you today the opportunity to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to tell you this. Religion don't get you to heaven. Confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart is just the beginning. You still need to get. Listen, we're Bible. Don't let your tradition that you heard on TV and all that stuff mess you up. You don't know if you're going to die tomorrow and you don't know if Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. We don't know these things. And so let me help you today and get you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. All your sins will be washed away and you will be added to the body of Christ. That's what this is all about. He preached to him Jesus and he gave his life. That's what the eunuch did. And so I'm telling you, will you give your life to Jesus Christ today by being baptized? You can believe in your heart all you want. You can love the Lord all you want. But if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, your sins are on you and they cannot be removed until you are baptized. And so the only way to remove your sin is through baptism. And without baptism, if Jesus was to return today, unfortunately, you wouldn't be prepared to go back with him. If you were to die in a sudden accident today, unfortunately, you wouldn't be prepared to meet him. If you were at your bedside, all of a sudden get stricken with a disease and you can't walk and you can't move and you can't say no sinner's prayer in that bed and be saved. Hmm. I'm just telling you how it works. And so I asked the question. I'm going to give the awards in two minutes. I asked the question, is there anyone here today that is willing to say, you know what? God, you called me out and I'm giving my life to you today. Let me say this last thing. Stop worrying about what's out of your control and worry about what's in your control. God put that in my heart the other day. You know, some days I pray for somebody to be healed and they don't get healed. That used to discourage me. And then somebody slapped me upside the head and says, you're not the healer. If God didn't decide to heal him, that's on God. Why are you getting all down and out and walking with your head down like it was your power that failed? God's power don't fail, but he chooses what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And so today, I am telling you, God is asking you if you will trust him today. Stop worrying about tomorrow, but I, I might mess up tomorrow. But, but, but I got this little problem that I... That's not your worries. Your worry is you have the right to make a choice. That's what you can control. But you can't control tomorrow. You can't control anything that goes on around you. You just have to do what you can control, which is you can give your life to God. So I asked today, is there anyone? You can just put your hand up. We'll get you baptized. I got robes and towel. It takes 15. Mm, let me be honest and tell you. It'll take the whole process will take about 25 minutes. Anybody here today that wants to give their life to God and be baptized? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but it's not me. I don't like to do this. I, I like to just try to get you on the, in the cut, talk to you on the side. But I can't, I just, I don't operate on my own. When I get you to the side, that's me. What I'm doing now is the Spirit of God. So if there's anyone here today that wants to give their life to God, that's saying, you know what? If that dude... That was supposed to be so important, heard the word and obeyed the word by doing what the word says. What must I do? Come on, somebody. Anybody here today? We got one. We got one. We got one.
We're going to take care of you today. We're going to take care of him today. Is there somebody else that want to join him? Somebody else want to join him? Don't, listen, don't make this a big deal. A big, don't get all worked up and uncomfortable. Don't you want to remove all your sins? Well, just remove it. It's not this great thing, that's all. Don't, don't just, just, all right. Just say, dude, I'm ready. Right, let me just get this over and done with, because, you know what I mean? Tomorrow ain't promised, let me get it right. Anybody? Let's stand. If you didn't want to raise your hand in front of everybody, you can come to me on the side now. You know, in the cut. Thank you, Brother Tom. You can come in the cut. Here, here, here is, here's what I'm going to tell you. And I'm not telling you this to scare you. You don't know when you're going to get this opportunity again. Because here's the story. You might think that every church you're going to go to is going to tell you this. <laughs> Mrs. Smith, every teacher don't teach like you teach. Every, 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 everywhere you go, you, you won't hear this everywhere you go. You watch your TV program, what they tell you. If you would just come to this altar and confess, that's so easy. I'm, I'm so worried that so many people, when they get an easy way out, they jump right on it. Just come to the altar and confess. And they come and confess and they leave and say, yes. Yes, what? Yes, what? Nothing. That preacher just gave you a way to keep on coming to his church. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Yeah, that's what he did. He told you something that, that's easy for you to do so you can keep coming back. If you never come back to this church, I'm okay with it. Because I'm just here to tell you truth, to help you. I'm not about, you got to join this church. I'm about... I would love for you to give your life to Christ. And wherever that may be, that's great with me. Let us bow our heads and we're going to pray. And then we will make sure we honor our uh, educators and then we'll get out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus. There are people standing here this morning that have heard your word. Father, now that the seed has been sown and watered, Lord, it's up to them now. That ground that the seed was planted in, sowed in, now it's up to that ground to allow the will of God to be done. And I pray that somebody under the sound of my voice will make the decision to say, God, I will obey. I've been instructed in the ways of God. I will obey. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that today, you will do a great work in the lives of everyone here today. And that, Lord God, they will never, ever be the same again. Save their soul, Lord God. Whatever procrastination that they may encounter, God, I pray that they will see that you are more than a conqueror for them. And that, Lord God, there is nothing that will stop them. If they will give their life to you, you will be their defender. You will be their protector. You will be their keeper. And, Lord God, I pray that they will know in their struggles you will be right there with them. That in the fight that they will encounter, you will be right there with them. I pray, oh God, that you will assure and confirm your word today, Lord God, that they will know how much you love them and all the troubles you went through to, for them. Lord, let them realize that you came to planet Earth where there is sin. You left heaven where there was no sin and came to this Earth where there was sin. But, Lord, you did it just for us. 
And so today, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that somebody will say yes to your will and yes to your way. Oh, God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for this service. We thank you, Lord God, for all that have come to be with us. We give you praise and we give you honor. And we ask you all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want my wife to come really quick so we can honor. Amen.